Hello, Hello beautiful, beautiful people. people. Indeed, that is one of my biggest pleasure is always when I went to my own So farm. I think it is important to first understand what a healthy relationship with food is for us to know what it is not. Not try. I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish. So no. you could be your own farmer pretty soon. Who knows? <laughs> trust trust me when i tell you there will always be challenges there will always be risks seems like we have a lot in common <laughs> welcome to the let's talk agriculture podcast show and of course it's your favorite girl hello beautiful people welcome to the let's talk agriculture podcast show Let's Talk Agriculture is an agricultural public relations and communications firm with a focus on helping agricultural brands gain visibility and thought leadership. To learn more about how we can transform your brand, please explore letstalkagriculture.com. In this week's episode, we want to explore the common trends in the agricultural sector. You would agree with me that the world is evolving and so is the agricultural sector. This sector is growing so fast and we are wondering and asking the questions, what is the future of agriculture? If you're one of those looking for an answer to that question, then please take a seat, grab your chocolate cookies and a glass of chilled Coca-Cola drink because we are in for a ride. On this note, join me as I welcome our guest for today's show, Kenneth Obayuwana, a remarkable youth in agriculture. Hello, Kenneth. Welcome to today's show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I've been seeing so many amazing work you've been doing in the agriculture sector. So I'm just wondering, what's your story like? I mean, tell us a little bit more about your story in the agriculture space. Um, for me, my story was, I studied agricultural economics back, back in Nigeria. Um, and then um, because of hunger, personally, when I mean hunger, I mean, hunger personally for myself to survive in the private university, I needed to venture into business. So the, the starting point for me was uh, solving my hunger problem first. And um, the first business I, I, I did was boutique. And of course, I, I knew at that time that it was agriculture. But I needed to start somewhere. I needed to start from somewhere. So from, for my boutique businesses, I was able to save. I went to school. And school gave me the, the school pond. And I stocked my catfish. So I, I moved into my first Agricultural business was catfish. Then from catfish, I went to cassava. From catfish, process, I went to processing of catfish. Then um, from, my, from, from cassava, I moved into processing of cassava. And over time, it started growing from, from processing of um, catfish and cassava to cassava floor. I started farming planting, started farming um, tomatoes, bear pepper. You know, I, I moved into greenhouse, vegetable farming. You know, and it's been an awesome journey. Right now, I'm currently running a consulting firm that cater for that not cater for other businesses that want to expand into the international markets. So that's currently what I'm currently doing. And all this over time has involved. I think it's almost a decade now. Has involved from just running catfish, running cassava farm, running planting farm. Then processing my cassava into cassava flour, processing my my catfish into dry catfish today is is growing. It's now becoming a consulting firm that is now helping businesses that want to expand into international market. Oh, thank you for sharing. That's pretty much um, amazing. That's really an amazing story. 
I mean, out of out of all of the businesses that you've done so far, which one, which one still um is existing at this point? Did you just um drop them and started the consulting firm, or are you still into it as well? Yeah, actually, I, I still own my greenhouse. My greenhouse is still running. Um, the greenhouse farm with the vegetable is still running. I think at the moment that's the only one that is still running perfectly. I I later left the catfish. I really don't have, as I joined into the agriculture, I realized that I don't have so much passion for animal farming. So the only animal farming I've done so far as a personal farm is catfish. Um, it was a very difficult decision, but I have to let it go at the point. So yeah, the catfish has stopped. Um, the green the greenhouse is still running. We, we see we run our tomatoes, our bell pepper, we see plant, we are still planting those ones. Um, then um, the the cassava floor is still on it too. We are still able to process cassava floor, but at the at the moment, I don't normally I don't farm cassava again. And I'm buy, when I buy from people who, who farm cassava, then we process. We just do the processing for the cassava to cassava floor. Uh, yeah, that's one. That's these are the ones that are still running at the moment. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm I'm glad you didn't just uh drop all the how you started and, and, and then moving straight to a different uh, business value chain again. So great. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I'm really glad that uh, you're one of those um, youths who are looking at transforming the agricultural sector and, and solving a very big problem, which is uh, our food security. Thank you so much for your contribution once again. Thank you. So, so let's dive into today's um, topic gradually. I, I would like to know, um, when you ask the question, what is the future of agriculture? What exactly comes to your mind? I mean, a lot of people have their idea, their perception um, when, when they mention the future of agriculture. So but for you, I mean, what comes to your mind? Me, I have something that comes to my mind, really, but I would like to get your, your thoughts on this. What comes to your mind when you hear when someone asks you the question, what's the future of agriculture? For me, what comes to my mind is science and technology. And a lot of people, most people will think technology, but for my for my for my research so far, there's a lot of science. The the, the future of agriculture in the next decade is going to be driven with science and technology. Not just technology as a lot of people think, but it's going to be driven by science and technology. The next future of agriculture. The next decade is going to be driven by by science and technology. So, what comes to my mind when I hear um, the future of agriculture is science and technology? Those are the first two things that comes to my mind. Okay, but can you can you throw more light on that? Uh, why do you think it is science before technology? Yes, science. Yes, because of what what's going to be driven the, the the industry in the next decade is going to be science and technology. You know, farming as we know it. Is not going to be the same again in the next decade. For me, we, farmers in the next decade are going to be scientists. Farmers in the next decade are going to be engineers. Farmers in the next decade are going to be technologists. These are the guys who's going to drive, drive the next agricultural industry. These are the guys who's going to be who's going to be driving it. It's not going to be you know back in Africa. What we think when we think about farming or or, or in Asia. I mean in the India aspect too. We we a lot of people perceive farming to be for poor people. They, they perceive it to be for for poor people. So over time we see our parents be, being our grandparents. I mean not even our parents now. We, we see our grandparents or our great grandparents driving this industry. But in the next decade. This is not going to be agriculture. It's not going to be the way it is right now. 
is going to be driven by young people. And these young people, they're going to be driving it with science. They're going to be driving it with um, technology. So we see a lot of technologies coming up. You know, we, we, see, we, we, we see technology like um, nanotechnologies coming up. We see a lot of biotechnologies coming up on board. So a lot of stuff are really happening right now in the agricultural industry. Uh, we, we, we see a lot of trending technologies coming up. When I have drones, with drones, we, you, you can snap your farm and know the exact diseases. You cannot know the, the exact disease that is at, at affecting the particular crop, not just the entire farm. You, you will know the particular crop that is being affected and you, you tackle that particular crop. These are technologies that, that, that never existed before. All right. Now, we are not talking of gene editing. You see, you, see what I'm, you see what I'm talking about now? We are, we are now seeing, talking about gene editing. These were not things that, that were there before. So we are now looking at gene editing, how, how we can um, use gene to edit a crop. This were not really existing. So we are, looking at, we are now talking about um, technology, which, which, which is being used to edit genes, so to make the gene become more, more resilient to diseases, to make the gene more resilient to, to pests. We, 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 this were not there before. You understand, mm-hmm. and we are now looking at um we are, we are now looking at farming aspect like precision farming. See what I'm talking about? That in the next decade, the the, the future of agriculture is going to be driven by young people. And you know what? These technologies and these sciences are what look interested to the young people. And until we start driving it to them, that see the industry is now becoming more lucrative. The industry is now becoming more interesting using science and technology. It's not like it's not the way our forefathers used to do it again. This time, mm-hmm. you are going to be using science. You are going to be using technology to be driving this industry. And there are a lot of technology that is in your hand. There's a lot of technology in your hand that you that you can play with to drive this industry, right? So the next decade of, ag- of, of agriculture is going to be driven by science. A lot of science. And for me personally, I believe there's still going to be a lot of sciences. I see people talk about um, fourth industrial revolution. I personally believe we move beyond fourth industrial revolution. We are now talking about the fifth and the sixth industrial revolution. Yeah, a lot of people have not accepted the fourth industrial revolution already, but the sixth and the fifth revolution is already coming out. And we are seeing a lot of crazy technologies coming on board that, that never existed before. Crazy technologies are coming on board that never existed before. Yeah, you know, I, I understand that there was a time we have to, talking about gene modifying and a lot of people have issues with it. We've, we've moved beyond gene modifying. We're not talking about gene editing. We're not even talking about gene modifying modification again. People, of course, people have issues with gene modifications, but you no, know, the perfect technology has come aboard, gene editing. And uh, for me, I'm even saying that in the next decade, let's say by year 2050, there'll be more technology, there'll be more science. I, I remember I, 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 some time back I talked about how people should stop farming for, for, for animals. You know, I think I, I, over in the, in the first world war, the, the land, I specifically use the first world war because I don't think it's been done that way in the third world. So in the first world, in the first world war, like um, countries like USA, UK, the numbers of land they used for their animal farming, you, can, you can't imagine it. I mean, because they have to produce the crop the animal will eat. So there's a massive land they will use in farming for just the animal alone for to get the the food the animal will eat. So we science already people are already driving it with science saying that instead of using those lands, let's use those lands for crop. Let's use those farms to focus on crop. And then let's go into 
lab meeting where where they where, where, where they use tissue meat tissue to kosher meat and people start eating the meat and you see it's what we are seeing now is already happening now whereby some meats are being kosher. I, I can't recall the name of some I, I don't want to even call any company's name here now because it's a brokers. So but there are some already there are some companies who are already driving this driving this kosher meat or this tissue meat already. Some companies are already doing it already. You know, I I, I do talk about them, but, but I don't want to do any publicity for any company today. But you see, these are existing already. Meat culture. I remember about four, five years or six years back when I when, when I was still in school in my first degree program. I remember when my first biochemistry bio lecturer was talking about oh cultural meeting or tissue meeting is going to happen. People will be culturally meeting in the lab. Some of the meat will be eaten in the future, it's going to be produced from the lab. They all they just have to do is to, to get the tissue of the from of the animal and they will culture it and the meat and it is going to be exactly the same meat. You eat it and you don't even know that it is it is from the lab is coming from. And you see, we are seeing it happening before us. That some of the meat people will be eating in the next decade will be coming from the lab and not from the farmland. And that is going to help the farmland because those land that is being used to, to rear food for the animals cannot be used to rear more food for to rear more crop food for humans. That's the whole idea, you know. It's going to be crazy. The next next decade is going to be crazy, yeah. Which is going to be a very interesting one. I mean, we need we need to um increase our food production. I mean, we are saying that yes. uh, we need farmers need to produce at least sixty eight percent more food in the in, in the next twenty fifty because I mean we need more food. So instead of having those uh massive lands and producing for animals. It's it, it's it's better we use it to cater for ourselves because our population yes, is drastically <laughs> improved increasing. So, yes. I mean, this is an amazing this is an amazing uh, an amazing way. I mean, this is a very good way that um, these companies are, are bringing so much um, innovative ideas. I mean, imagine meat coming from the lab. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can you can you can imagine it. You know, I I would love to see that. Don't don't say it on don't 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 say it yet. Just come <laughs> and discuss it with me separately. Let me see these companies that are doing this. I would really love to meet them. I would really love to hear what they are doing and put this all out. I want to be the one putting it out. So please. Just do me the honors. Don't 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 do it here. Thank you very much. <laughs> so of course we really need to get um young people involved in agriculture i mean my last episode we we're talking about how to make agriculture attractive to young people and if young people are seeing that um there are lots of sciences and technology involved in agriculture which is very interesting i mean the curiosity alone would make you want to venture into agriculture i mean i feel this is this is a this is an amazing sector this is this is a sweet sector. It requires you to use your brain. <laughs> it requires yes. you to be creative. That's why they say agriculture is an art and it's a science. That creativity is what is really true, yeah. combining the arts, your creativeness, your um, your creativity, and then the science, putting it together is what is bringing all of these amazing technologies that we are seeing at this point. So we need to um, see how to to put this this attractive side of agriculture and put it in the faces of of the young people who are still thinking that agriculture is about poles and cutlasses so we not we have to start putting out these uh, amazing features of agriculture out there so people can really want to um 
venture into agriculture. Young people can really want to venture into agriculture. And we need to have, uh, I know we are, I, I know we are trying to dive now to, um, the, um, making agriculture attractive to young people. But I just feel like I should put this out because yesterday something got me thinking and I was just thinking, what can really, um, make youths or young people get, um, involved in agriculture? We need, we need, um, more role models in agriculture. Do you do you yeah, do you true. really think we have role models? I mean, what will make people want to um come out and say we want to study agriculture? Because at this point, we don't have so many young people that are saying they want to venture into agriculture. That, that that's true because well, um, I think uh, for for me for my end, um, you are very correct. We don't have enough people studying agriculture, and the ones currently studying agriculture are not thinking to work. They are not even considering working in the industry. So that's mm-hmm. the two problems there. So one, we would have enough of them studying agriculture, one problem. But the ones are, that are currently studying agriculture, they're not even thinking of working in that industry. So some of them just came in and say, hey, well, let me just quickly get grab the certificate and move, probably move mm. to something else, move to another sector. So of course, we we'll see most of them, we we'll see some of them in the banking industry, we we'll see some of them in, of, no, no one of them really wants to go into the agriculture. And I think some of, for those of them who are studying agriculture, that are not going into agriculture. I, for me, I feel a lot of pain when I think about them. When I hear a, a, somebody who is studying agriculture saying, "Ah, I can't, I can't do agriculture. I'm, I'm leaving the industry to something else." When I graduated, I just feel like, "Oh, this one doesn't know." He's sitting on a billion-dollar industry. And I'm telling you. The, the, we not- in fact, the, the problem is that they are not aware of it. That oh, I'm sitting on a dollar-billion industry. So there should be for those of them studying agriculture, they should be thinking, "How can I tap?" From this billion dollar industry, what should I do? How should I? How do I navigate the industry, or how do I enter into the industry and get my own cake from this one billion dollar industry? So people are they are hearing it that oh, some of them are hearing it, they can't even believe it that this industry is is worth it. You understand? And it's yes. one of the most important industry. It's very important industry because even the doctors they need to eat because yeah, people will say no, it is the most important industry. No, but even the doctor needs to eat. Even the nurses need to eat. So even the earth personnel, they need to eat. So food comes first. And there's a way you will eat that will help your body become eddy. You understand? So Of course. Um, of course. So, but of for, course. for those of them that um that are not how do we attract them to the industry? I mean by showing them for these technologies, by yes. letting them understand that see the industry. Because one of the reasons why a lot of people are scared of agriculture is because they see it as oh too much work. The work will be doing at the farm. I can I will be working inside the sun. I cannot be doing those kind of work. But now we're mm. not saying no. See, the industry is not being driven by automation. So we're not looking at robots. We're not, and of course, and that's the truth. That the, the, if you don't get more people, the, the, the industry by itself is not providing. We're not, we're not looking at ways we can now use automation to replace some of all these people. And, but that's not the, the fear is not that, oh, we robot take our jobs almost. No, because somebody must nah. definitely be continuing that robot. So robot is not going to take anybody's job. No, but, but it's yes. not. <laughs> so, so yes, the industry, the first thing for me, I think we should, we should start attracting these guys back to the industry, young guys, because we need a lot of young guys with creativities to come mm-hmm. into this industry. And some Indeed. of the things we start is to start showing them that, see, we need your creativities in the area of automations. Automations like robots. Automations like drones. We are not seeing self-driving tractors coming on board. So that means we don't need to drive the tractor. We are not seeing some of these guys coming on board already. So we need to start showing them that, see, automation is not the new game. 
precision farming is not a new game, but we need your creativity to drive this industry of automation. We need you to come into the game with your with your creativity. We need to come into this game with your coming with your creativity, add your creativity into this thing and make this industry boom. So I think that's the picture we should start showing to the youth. We should start showing them that see, come into this industry. There's a lot for you. There's money in it. It's one of the most important industries because yeah, some of them also lose the self-esteem. Like, oh, farming. I'll now come out and say I'm farmer this or I'm into farming. So they feel like ah. There's no too much um, self-esteem. But for me, I think that's their own personal self-esteem that I need to deal with. I, yeah, I'm part of yeah. it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm part of being in the industry. And I'm excited with the work I'm doing in the industry. So I think we should start showing the youth that we need that creativity. We are not saying come yes. and take a class. We are not saying come and take O to farm. We are saying come, bring in your creativity. There's a lot on the table for you using science and technology to drive this industry already. And you know, a lot of youth are interested in technology. So when you tell you technology, you, you can see the way all of them are, a lot of people are rushing to the IT industry because they see, they think, they think is lucrative. They think the, 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 there's money in the industry. So I'm yeah. saying, why not come into this industry with, with that technological idea? This is mm-hmm. the industry people want to see now. A lot of, there's a lot of focus from different NGOs across the world ready to pump in money into this. So why not come into the game with your creativity? Why not think, what can I do? What what can I do with robots? There are a lot of creativity coming on board with robots. You can start thinking of what idea, what can I do with robots? How can I improve the current robot we have? How can I improve the current drones? Or how can I improve what the current drones is doing? So that's what we are saying, come, come and do. We are not saying come and take cutlass and come and take O to farm at the farm. No, we are, we are saying come with, there's a lot on the table already with this current automation, with this current precision farming, with this current technologies on Gand. We are saying come, come and come in with your creativity and see how you can enhance this um, technology for us and see how you can make it more better for our farmers over there. Let's make mm. things better for them. So that's what we are saying. Yeah. I think if we come from that perception, perhaps some of them can start getting interested. And I and, and yes. I, believe, I, I strongly believe that a lot of youth will get will fall in love with agriculture over time. Of course, of course. Any anybody listening to this can just even still go back to our previous episode where we talked about making agriculture attractive. Um Aziz Salawu was able to um share amazing insights with us on this particular topic so if you want to know if agriculture is attractive or if agriculture is really a good thing for you right you should be checking out that previous episode and of course this one you're listening to right now so you see um can the technologies you've been even mentioning a lot of them um in the course of our discussion so which of these um technology do you believe will be playing uh, a long-lasting role in agriculture okay I, at the moment, you know, this, some of these technology we are looking at right now, they are they are new. We are still we are still trying to. Some persons are still trying to accept them. Uh, so for me personally, I think when we fully accept them, on of course they have no choice to accept them. But when we fully accept them, when we fully um embrace them, I think a lot of them are going to last long in the industry. At the moment, we are still dragging with accepting them in some locations. Of course, some places are already accepting it, and you know. So, but, but I personally feel a lot of them will, of them will last longer. Um, a lot of them is going to last longer 
in the industry. But some of the challenges I think we are, we are, we are currently facing is accepting. First, I think we need to accept them. For example, when we talk about our cult, that teacher meet or the cultural meet, I thought I mentioned a lot of people don't want to hear mm. it, a lot of people don't want to accept it, a lot of people are looking at it. Are you sure it's not be detrimental to our earth? You know, there's a lot of mm. questions around some of all the science and technology that are coming on board. People are asking questions. Can, can we improve this? The, the farmers are, 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 are some of the difficult people too that say, no, we have been doing it in our own way before. We want to stick yeah. with our own ways, you know. It's very but, difficult. But I think, yeah, it's very difficult accepting some of this science and technology. Well, I think that's what we should start from first. That okay, they should accept them first. Then before we start talking about how long will they last. But I feel personally for me, most of these things are going to last because with the population we are expecting in year 2050, we need them. Mm-hmm. With, the, with, the, with the population we are expecting, we need some of all this technology. We need to prepare for those for those human beings. We are hearing that I think there's a nine billion in 2050. <laughs> and um, for that nine billions, we need to be prepared. We need to be. We need to be fully prepared. Yes. So um, I feel personally for me, most of all these technologies we are seeing, they are going to last. Um, at the moment, we cannot pinpoint which one will not last. Yes. That oh, this will not last. This will not last. Um, what is going to happen is, whichever one that will not last, it will be that there's a better technology replacing that one already. So the only reason, will, for example, we hear about um, genes modification. People have issues with genes modification. Some countries were fighting, they didn't really want to accept it. You know, there were issues with gene modifications. Yeah, there were a lot of issues surrounding gene modifications. So, so a lot of people didn't want to politically didn't want to even accept in their country. But you see, now we are not we are we have moved past, oh, it's no longer gene modification now. We are now pushing for gene addicting, which is more better. All right, so we're not looking at gene addicting. So for me, what's going to happen in the industry is going to be that um if this technology will not last, or if this technology is not good enough, there will be a better technology replacing it. So, but at the moment, we cannot pinpoint which will not last, which will not, which will not be there for long. Um, we can't pinpoint yet. But like we are advocating that there should be more youth. So when the youth comes in, they will be coming in with their own creativity, and over time, there will be yes, I agree. There will be some technology at the moment that is existing. Or that is trying to penetrate the market that will be replaced. There will be some that will be replaced as we journey on. There will be some technology technology that will be replaced by better ones with more creativity. So there will be there, there will be a lot of um, replacement as we journey on. But at the moment, we can't really pinpoint which and which will be replaced or which and which will not last long. Yeah. So how can we ensure that um, these farmers have? Um... The media technologies, how can we ensure affordability of this technology? Because you see, um, so many technologies are coming into the picture and it's it's it may be very expensive for farmers to to afford. So how can we make this um very affordable, accessible to, to farmers? Are we going through um companies who can actually get access to these um technologies? So what what are your thoughts on this? How can we make this affordable? How can we make this available for, for smallholder farmers? Yeah, I, I, for me, some of the ways we can go through this route for, for these farmers, first, I think government have a role to play, um, which I've, I've always been saying, government have a role to play in this. The NGO guys, the NGOs have to come up and support the government, you know. So imagine... Some, some person cannot afford this tractor, but imagine if there's the ones from the government that is saying that, oh, this there's this tractor that can assist you 
or there's this robot that can assist you in, in picking in your farm, in your greenhouse farm, but you can get in a, in a cheaper amount. So all you just need to do is to lease it from the government or you lease it from this NGO. You know, I think there should be some innovations coming out from the from 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 the government, or let me say policy rather, coming out from the government and then um, coming out from the NGOs. I think there should be some innovations coming out from the government, coming out, oh sorry, policy. Let me not use the word innovation. There should be some policies, policies around oh we we settle or policy around subsidizing. Yeah, that would be the best word to use. Subsidizing. There will be policy around subsidize. There should be policy from the government that says we are subsidizing some of all these technologies for farmers. You know, one, there should be government or NGOs too coming up with some certain programs to train the youth. You know, we are talking about we don't have enough youth. Some of the reasons why we don't have some of all these youth is that some of these youth cannot even ask some of all these trainings, but they cannot be in a, in a, in a particular environment where, where their creativities around this agricultural technology will be enhanced. So there should be certain programs too from the government or the NGOs too that says we want to train the youth or we are giving a scholarship to the youth to go and do this program in social and social universities that is offering these technologies or that is training young people on how to handle these technologies. You know, then um, from, from the from the individuals, there should also be a way we could break it down. That okay, the robot is becoming is, is, or this this automation tools are becoming useful. But how do we get it? How do we access or how do we bring it to the farmers? So there should be certain innovations coming from the youth as well, so that okay, I think I can make these um drones or I think I can make these robots in a smaller way that can be affordable by farmers. Of course, reality is that. Farmers need to be to have um they, they need to have access to these tools because if you make these tools or you create these tools and the farmers that are creating it for they cannot access it of what use is the tools the tools is the tools become useless if the farmers cannot access it so the farmers should be able to access it we should be able to bring bring some of all these tools closer to the farmers and some of the ways we can do that is that one there should be government intervention either through subsidies or assisting the youth to bring, bring this technology closer to them and assisting the youth in that first training the youth on how to, uh, on how to uh, use these tools, training the youth on how the youth should, should be able to think on how they can bring this innovation a bit closer. And the only way for that to take place is that the youth should start thinking of, oh, the youth should have enough youth thinking of how do we bring these um, robots? How do we bring it? You know, some of the things a lot of people have, or some of the issues a lot of people have with robots is, is um is that the robots are too big and of course the things materials being used is quite expensive you know government could see how they can assist them get the materials cheaper you understand then beyond getting it cheaper they should be able to also bring um the technology to them and see how the youth can use the technology in a in a, in a way to not be that expensive now I, i'm trying to what i'm trying to say i don't want to call it complete too but there is a complaint i know of one of the work they do is that the robot they, they are building are smaller robots. They build smaller robots. So the robots are very smaller. And because the robots are smaller, the, the equipment being used is, is, is not much. They are smaller robots, but yet doing fantastic job. So now, in cases like that, farmers should be able to accept, get those robots because they are, the equipment is not much. They are cheaper equipment. 
they are they are cheaper equipment or rather they are lesser equipment. Let me not use the word cheaper. They are lesser equipment being used. So because the equipment being used are lesser, farmers should be able to get it. But we need enough a lot of people like that thinking that oh this 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 technology is a bit, bit too big, and because it's big, the equipment being used is is much. So we need to be able to reduce this equipment. We need to be able to, to reduce the numbers of equipment being used so that farmers can assess it. But beyond that, I still personally think government should be able to subsidize for this farmer, especially in the third world. They cannot really afford it. So government should, we should look at um, how we can um, subsidize some of all these equipment. So when government see innovations like this coming on board, I think for the third world, I'm speaking about the third world because I, this broadcast is going global. So... Uh, anybody can listen, so I'm 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 trying to explain it from the third world perspective. And sorry about that uh, to those listening. And I'm also trying to explain it how it's going to work for the first world. For the first world, I don't think they will have so much challenges. Uh, but for the third world, a lot of challenges are going to surround it. So some of those challenges, government can come in and play a role in this. Play a role in it. Help subsidize it for them. Let the farmers be using it. Maybe through the Ministry of Agriculture, government can come in and say. We are subsidizing. We have some robots already. We have some drones. You can come lease it and use it in your farm. Like you are doing in tractor. Come and lease it from us. Lease it and take it to your farm and use. Then for the first world, government should also do similar. Government should maybe also um, subsidize for them. But beyond that, beyond government subsidizing for them in the first world, I, I also think the first world should be able to afford it. You know, um, Besides that also, Another thing we should also look is there should be enough Indian investors. Investors should come in. Indian capitalists, Indian investors, we need them to come in. We need them to stand up and invest in this company. You know, some of the okay. reasons why farmers cannot assess it. Yeah, some of the reasons why farmers cannot assess this this equipment is because um, this technology is not enough yet. The guys have the initiative, they have the innovations already, but they don't have the funds. To, to mass produce for, for a lot of people to be able to access. So we need investors. All right. We need um, venture capitalists to stand up and invest in this sector, invest in this agri-technology. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And um, I appreciate you coming on the show today. So guys, we have come to the end of today's show. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You learned from it. And please give us feedback through your questions and if you have specific topics you'd like us to cover please do reach out to us and explore our website at letstalkagriculture.com and follow us on instagram on facebook on linkedin and twitter we love to hear from you and we're very happy to have you also thank you very much guys do have a lovely time i love you bye-bye thank you for having me thank you